Hello. It's good to have you back on the program. I appreciate it. It's nice to have you. It's nice to have you listening to me. That makes me feel good. I guess. I guess it does. Do you th- do you think about ever um whatever you're doing in life? And uh if that's enough? Sometimes I often think that I'm not even living a life. I often think like I have really heavy imposter syndrome about everything. I often think that I am uh, accomplishing nothing. I don't know. Maybe I I think I rely too much on people's encouragement or their feedback and then but people aren't in the business of going out of their way to say like, "Hey, you're doing a good job." There really isn't anybody like you would have to be a psychopath and I wouldn't like that. Somebody goes out like also, I'm not very I wouldn't be uh, accepting of very many compliments because most of them are like that. I would I would think that you're probably just being a psychopath or you just want something from me. So it's unfortunate if you don't if you go through life not really trusting people, but I I trust people just fine. Like I don't think that my situation is that bad. Things aren't that bad I ever really. I I just um I just want to accomplish things. I'm very I'm ambitious and I'm ambitious in areas. So what what am I telling you? It doesn't matter. So what am, what's my point? It doesn't matter. Somewhere along the line I thought that I had to start recording myself to be making a point and I should really just talk to the microphone at least rather than talk to the side of it. Uh, Somewhere along the line, I was like, oh, this has to be thematic. And so you lose the point. It's uh, It's like forgetting who you are. Like it's the same thing. Somewhere along the line in your life, you think that things have to be thematic or, or just that people need, um, people need this product. People need, it has to be this because that's what they've seen before. And or or they have seen it before, and so you need to be different. Different can be your product. Different can be what you think that you have to be to the point that then you're always different. If you're always defined by being different, then uh, that's almost as bad as being defined as. It's almost as bad as being defined as that you just come out with the same things. But you see that difference can be the same like that if you are. Th- different every time that you are very consistently the same at being different. It's like, so this is a place where difference intersects sameness. Let me tell you about my struggles. Let me tell you about my life. I get imposter syndrome. Um, this podcast, by the way, is transitioning. I want to make it so that like I would more pretty frequently have guests on. It's just taking a, a minute to get people on, but it's like, uh, me figuring out a two microphone system and I don't, but it's what it's laziness that I'm not right now. I'm just not doing enough work to help the transition or to, um, explain, explain my purpose. I think that it helps. It would, it would help to explain the purpose, but maybe you were listening and you're like, what purpose have you ever been feeding anybody on this podcast and uh, like I had a purpose when I was doing identity I had more of a purpose then that's what I'm saying I need to put in more work to develop a more of a purpose but purpose do you need it like uh, that's what I'm saying I I don't maybe I'm devoting too much energy to thinking that there needs to be more of a purpose or like that uh that an episode happens and um but that there's something wrong with it, this is this is a problem. But this is what problems are. Problems are um, problematic in this way. Like, th- like thinking that you have a problem, this leads to that there is a problem. There is a problem if you think that there is one. Like, that I always would think that there was more I had to be doing. Or that, like, the imposter syndrome... Or, uh, like, imposter syndrome, like, there's a problem with what I would say that I am. Like, that I might walk into a gathering and think that there's mo- there's not enough that I'm divulging or something. Like, uh, this is not, 
good for you, for anybody. I don't think, I don't think that it's helpful to hold on to that you would be a problem or like similar thing to say that you would always be different. Like that's, that is kind of like, I am a problem type behavior is the need to always be different in any situation. It's kind of like unlikable, but what I do, I don't think, um, I mean, I, I guess I just wish that I was more unlikable, but look at the word unlike, and what does that do for you? What does Brown, what does Brown do for you? Poop. What does Brown poop do for you? Or any color of it? There aren't just, there isn't just one color of that thing that I mentioned. There's actually multiple. Every, we're all just different shades of brown. Have you ever heard that? That's what I'm referring to. Everybody is just, because we're all the same. We're all the same. And that's where that discussion begins and ends, especially ends, because mostly you would associate the color brown with ends as opposed to beginnings. Correctamente or no? Possibly. Did that, um, did that ring true? Did that make sense? Did something click when I said that? Did something click into place? Something lock into place? Or did something get evacuated out as opposed to being locked into place? Like, uh, like, um, I don't know. I guess I pictured pooping as like kind of the same as when a giant rock like face of a cliff falls into the water. In some instances, it's like a collapsing of sorts. I don't know. I'm not perfect. I'm not God. I don't, it's not like my analogy was going to be perfect. Everybody has different perspectives. Everybody lives a different life. Um, Olivia Rodrigo, that song is um, Good For You by Olivia Rodrigo is like, uh, she sounds like Rin Weaver and she sounds like Haley Williams from Paramore, but the setup for the chorus of Good For You is like, the it sounds like the chorus of Misery Business, or at least the setup of it, or at the very least, the snare sound is the same as, or like the setup of the chorus or the format layout of it is the same as Misery Business from Paramore is the same pop tone, same pop appeal. But she sounds like Rin Weaver and Demi Lovato and Haley Williams a little bit. Besides that, besides that, it's like, uh, I would say that this song, when um, Old Town Road came out by Lil Nas X, that was when we finally, at long last, merged country music with hip-hop. This was the be-all, end-all. This is the ultimate song example of that happening. The final, like, this is the merger. This is where it happened. And, like, when a merger happens, something dies. Like, something died. Something has died over the last 10 years for top 40. Part of it is radio is useless medium at this point, like, for songs. Uh, top 40 radio, there's no such thing. Who who cares? There, anybody's, anybody who's listening to music is just listening to Spotify. But it doesn't, that's not what dictates what is the top music anymore anyway, is the radio. But, um, like, because Olivia Rodrigo, I don't know if that's even playing on the radio, maybe. But they, at some point, top 40 radio just went, folded in on itself and started playing stuff that was three years old because they lost track of what was top anymore because they were not able to define where the new music was coming from because genre this and the grammys is the same way the grammys was unable to discern at some point where new music was coming from and so then they just started giving best album of the year to bruno mars every year <laughs> because they didn't know that where the new genres of music were coming from but like uh, what I was going to say is that Good For You is the merging of Disney music with popular music for, like, the be-all, end-all, finally. Like, there were many artists that came before that were do trying to do the same thing. Like, Demi Lovato and Selena Gomez 
are not outside of Disney enough that they would not be defined by it. Miley Cyrus took that road, the road less traveled. She took, she did what it took to get out of being defined by Disney her entire life, and it it maybe lost her her soul. Like she lost a lot of herself in the process. But you see what she had to go through in order to make that happen, in order to be free. She had to release a standout, fantastic pop album and then go into hiding after that because she didn't know who she was anymore. And in the process, the entire country hated her for not being in the box that she's supposed to be in, probably because she's being too wild for a Disney girl is part of it, shit like that. But um, but Demi Lovato and Selena Gomez, they didn't go that far. Like, they didn't exactly escape Disney. And so they're releasing pop songs that is like, a, Demi Lovato stuff is a little bit Disney. And, um, but they weren't, they're making any, they're not making anything transcendent enough that you're like, oh, this merged pop music with Disney music. Like, not that this song is that transcendent, good for you, but, um, it's like, somebody had to make the song that merged Disney with popular music. Like, there comes a time, because Disney can't exist as a separate genre, as, as long as you see that country music and hip-hop emerges and in the same way that many tried to be the ultimate merger between country and hip-hop like florida georgia line and and uh people that they that spawned after them people that they influenced like florida georgia line made a hard line at being a crossover to hip-hop but anybody like when tim mcgraw is featured on a nelly song that kind of thing is starting to get at it but, like, Florida Georgia Line does, they try to make their thing hip-hop, but then when they come along, then it's understood for lots of country artists that they should start playing hip-hop, like, popular songs that people know besides country music at their concerts because they recognize that their audience doesn't care about the dividing line so much because the new generation is more ambiguous than that they're going to get angry at rock and roll when they say that they're country. Like, not that they still don't define themselves by country, but... They are just more and more open and ambiguous in their musical taste, and so like concerts for lots of country artists after Florida Georgia Line came out came along. There's more uh, just like popular music playing, but then so it's like, but but you just see that the country genre is incorporating more hip hop like drum, like rather than having acoustic drums, they the country is starting to do more hip hop as time goes on until Lil Nas X ended it or whatever, whatever it is, like either killed country or killed hip hop in whatever current forms those were both in before he made that song. But like Disney as a genre can't exist all on its own forever. And so it has to merge, has to merge with something at some point. The closest, the thing that it's been getting at is popular music because there's like Disney music has existed separately from everything else from the time that there's like Disney music in Snow White and you can't really say that that's like any other music. And so it's been, people have been trying to do this for a while, but that's what this song does. But it comes at a point when, I don't know what you'd say about the state of music, but it's just difficult to really know if you're not, if you're not already there, if you're not, if you're not already thinking about it. Like, um, but... That's what this song is. It's a merger of Disney and pop music because it's a Disney song. It sounds like a camp rock song. It's it's like a Disney dream. It's like a vision that Disney would have for its star is that they come out and make a song that's this popular because the way that it sounds, it's just like... But I'm saying that because this is a better pop song than anything Demi Lovato, Selena Gomez ever made. And because... Because... Um, because it is like just listen to the way it sounds it's a much better product it's a much better formula but because they're because they did some work to f figure out their formula over time finally disney made that where they're like we have a real pop song because that's a real pop song and um i wonder if you understand what i'm what i'm saying you might you might just think that demi lovato already did that or something but but she didn't and um you really have to be in a disney bubble to at this point to have to have that much vengeance like and convey it as if it's realistic to you if talking about if you're in olivia rodrigo's shoes like she is she's dilute diluted 
that she thinks she's thinking too idealistically that she's able to make a song and actually feel that much vengeance that she's singing about it. That's what people like is that it sounds vengeful. They're like, oh, we can get into it. It's like, but besides just every, all the pop song elements are correct. They did all that right. Um, like a damn sociopath. She sounds like Demi Lovato when she sings that line, certainly. I'm not going to sing it louder because I don't want to be embarrassed. But people are talking, people like your embarrassment on your Facebook more so than they like thing, something that they're supposed to like. They like the they like the embarrassing. What was I saying before this? What was I saying before I started talking about Olivia Rodrigo? Oh fuck. Oh man, I don't remember. Why did I start talking about that? It was complete tangent and was not related, I don't think, to what I was saying before. I was talking about imposter syndrome, the need to be different and if being different always. Like, if you are always making sure that you're different, that this is the same, then you are the same in this area of always being different. Like, you have to you have to spread it out more. Like, you have to be some amount the same within, within you being really different to be like, I'm not the same completely so there would need to be some randomness difference you being different objectively like different all the time would have to include some amount of randomness but like imposter syndrome i wanted to make the point that you might think that you you i think that people bring creep on themselves like that you would be a creep you Bring that on yourself. That's Those are the people we call creeps or people that think that they are one. And so then they, like people that maybe are too imposter syndrome, that they think that they're always creeping around. I think that you bring creep on yourself. I think that I've done that in the past. Like people probably just think I'm a creep. And so then I play up that. But like you try to be accepted and it can be anything. But people get it. People try to get accepted as dumb things that aren't very lucrative, as like a victimhood mentality. Like, but we we've kind of been sold for a while that one thing that you can be that will always get maintain your relevance in the world is like a victim of some sort, where you have some disability that people recognize because you can have plenty of disabilities that are imperceptible that people don't recognize that that's like a disability. Because it's not evident, it's not visible, it's not glamorous. Like, people have disabilities in their speech where it's like they are limited in areas that they aren't able to explain and nobody else is able to explain. And these are like your inability to do something that would help you in, help you a lot, or like your inability to communicate in certain areas. Everybody has has is not perfect at communicating like everybody has disabilities that they wish that they wouldn't have that they can't even communicate and it's just like anxiety kind of speaks to this that you have lots of anxiety this speaks to that there's something welling up in you that you have limits that you can't convey or there's like you're falling behind in comparison to other people in the in these areas but like that you can't explain it this is what gives you anxiety that you wouldn't be able to come up with the way to defeat it that's that can that can make you anxious but um like whatever you're anxious about but uh there's imperceptible there's imperceptible shit going on in the earth it's very imperceptible that's what ethereum is ethereum is imperceptible that is in the title of the name. It's eth ethereal. Ether is ethereum. It's the imperceptible framework, like uh, woven into the framework of cryptocurrency. It's ethereum. I mean, it's one of them. That's what they aim to be. Because I guess in their in the perfect vision of creators of ethereum, they are they would eventually take over everything so that they are in the DNA of the. They want to be in the DNA of the entire thing, the same way that. Like the United States dollar is woven into the DNA of every corporate entity across the across the landscape of America, but like it, basically the entire world because of the U.S. dollar is reserve currency. That's the currency that you would most say is the imperceptible DNA for the entire currency system across the world because all other currencies have to be uh, 
have to see themselves in relation to the U.S. dollar to understand their value. Basically, that's why that's the value of being the reserve currency is that you are the language that everybody else has to speak in. And um, there you're the most ubiquitous, ubiquitous language. But I bring that up to say that. Um, wow, there's some fucking birds like making weird noises outside. That makes me uncomfortable. I feel like they're doing that on purpose. I don't trust animals after getting a dog. I don't trust animals now. I think that they're all weird because my dog is untrustworthy, but like maybe I'm a cat person and maybe I just don't really trust dogs or is it that I just don't trust this one dog? But now that's the question I have to live with. And it's kind of like you are a good, you're a bad person if you don't like dogs is generally what I've always thought about it. And so it makes me a bad person to not be like head over heels about the dog I have because it's like I don't necessarily want to be around it. It's like I like going somewhere else where I don't have to be around this dog because it's like a responsibility. I don't I don't see why I would be expected to be very excited to see this dog. But maybe I'm just a just a cat person. I also don't think that it loves me. But that's like that's the line you can't cross. Like no, it loves you. No, you just don't know. No, you just don't. But is that a problem I have? Is this a, am I just trying to foment problems in my life? That, that I'm like, that's why I don't like the dog. Oh, it's like something I'm making up. But this would happen for anything that I was living with, probably. It's just like anything that I would have to be around always. I would, it's just like a paranoia problem. Like I've like I have to answer a lot of questions about it when most people would probably be like no you don't have to answer questions I think maybe if you're a more relaxed person and I don't know you're relaxed like I'm I'm relaxed but um, what I'm saying is that I don't have to think that my dog loves me or like because that's just I already don't think that I'm already doing what I want and thinking what I want all the time like what you want is already always happening. This is one of the f drawbacks of wants and wanting is that uh, for me, wanting happens always. There are always things I want. It's just a matter of, um, it's just a matter of do I lie to myself to say that I don't want it in order to move something along in life or in order to make a necessary compromise. Like, and what I mean is that I will always want, like, I'm just going to be away. And so it's, like, always the case that I'm thinking that my dog doesn't necessarily love me. But it's, like, I look at my dog and he's just pretending all the time. I don't know if all dogs do this because I've never had a dog before. But my dog just bullshits 24-7. He pretends. And so I don't have to go into that, oh, no, he's not pretending just because... You're supposed to look at a dog a certain way or just be just so that I compromise on what I would be in order to because that's not that's not going to happen ever, especially when I'm always around the dog. Like it's never going to be the case that I'm going to think that he's not bullshitting because he is. That's what I would say about a dog or a person is the way that this dog acts is that he's pretending the entire time do all dogs do this and so this is why i bring into question if you listen to my podcast in the past i question that the like cynicism as a word means dog-like behavior and i think that dogs are cynical if you want to look at it that way but maybe just people choose to live in a more diluted reality where they're like oh the dog being excited when i come home means that he loves me rather than that he's possessive like I can't escape that I think that that's just like a possessive quality rather than so that maybe that just makes me a cat person but also maybe not all dogs are like my dog but needless to say when I walked into the Humane Society to get my dog the Humane Society people I don't think they liked me very much and I was pissed at them but I mean I guess I understand maybe I just walk in and they know that I'm the kind of person that like will analyze this situation too much like that they know that 
but they're probably the scum of the earth. I don't, I don't really like them. I just didn't like the looks I got when I went in to get my dog because I felt like uh, indignant, like I needed to prove that I was a person that was worthy of getting a dog. And, you know, I bought my dog and I bought it for money because shelters sell dogs for money. They, they need the money that they, they need the business of domesticated dogs to thrive in order to be successful at large successful going forward their relevance is dependent on the misery of dogs but i and i did want to prove myself to them that i was like i i have my dog for a year and a half and i like i didn't i didn't give it away but and i feel like that's just not really something that i should do is give it away but people might look at me and say well you shouldn't have a dog anyway but one time when i was um I was like, I was having a conversation with somebody a few years, uh, a few years ago. And they, I was like, I don't think I'd get a dog. A dog wouldn't, I don't think that that would work. And then they were like, you, of course you should get a dog because a dog wants to be not at a shelter. And so I was like, oh, I guess you have a point. So maybe that, that changed the course of my life. That conversation I had. Whereas, like, I wouldn't have got, gotten one, but then they're like, well, the dogs are in such a desperate state anyway that they don't give a fuck if they hate you or whatever. I don't think that my dog hates me. I think he just really doesn't care. I don't I don't think he cares. Like, And that's just weird to me that the conversation is always like, your dog, of course, loves you, or is like, your dog is so excited to see you. I don't, I don't think my dog cares about me. I think that he... I don't know that if I gave him to somebody else that he would care. And people would be like, no, he loves you. But, like, I think that people just are being naive and not recognizing dogs for what they are. Like, people need to be more open-minded about what a dog can be. Like, a dog can be pretty cynical or, like, mean, I think. Like, that it would not... It might not be able to attach itself to humans, which would make sense to me because he's a different species than I am. And so it's like a different species. Of course, we wouldn't get along. Why would it? Why would people think that I that we would or that we would be like each other? Like he's a dog and I'm a human. It's not that people would expect. I don't know. But um, there's something else I was gonna say. It's just it's kind of weird that I buy a dog and then. This means that, okay, for the next 4,500 consecutive days, I'm going to keep you in captivity. I will be responsible for you being held captive. And my dog likes to escape and run and be outside. He does not want to be in captivity. The way I see it, like, he probably thinks, he probably wants me dead so that he might have a chance at escape because he's smart. He knows that I'm the reason he's being kept in captivity day after day. Why would like why would a dog be so stupid that he's excited about his captor? Like but this is this is the way that it is, isn't it? Isn't it that I'm just keeping him in captivity if he's a dog that wants to leave? I don't know. It's a possibility. But he gets really excited if I lay on the ground like I'm dead. Like, that's one of the happiest that I see him. He's like, yay. He loves when I lay on the ground. He gets so excited. I think that he wants me not alive anymore. But don't get... Don't tell me I'm wrong just because you haven't considered that. Hey, but let me tell you when you're telling me I'm wrong, though. Hey, don't uh, let me jump ahead of you to tell you that you're wrong before you say that I'm, I'm you're wrong about me being wrong, even though you never even formulated that I was wrong. Like nobody's sitting here like that's wrong. And when they hear that, they're just like pondering it or like, oh, OK, nobody, nobody, no one thing I say is that drastic that people are like, oh, my God. But that's what I picture is happening when I say something. And. That's neither here nor here nor here nor here nor here. But um, I wanted to mention that at the point that I propose that I'm that I'm proposing to get married, 
um, if I ever propose and then the, my proposal gets rejected, I'm going to make a Facebook post that says, she said no, exclamation point. And then there will be an album, a couple, probably a couple albums of photos just of the occasion of like, oh, somebody happened to be there to take the photos to photos of she said no, close-ups of her hand with no ring on it, like um, me pointing to the finger and shit like that. Or, and then just photos of me like crying or looking emotionally distraught or and damaged, just pictures of damaged human beings as a couple albums. Maybe I'll just release those even if I don't get rejected for a proposal. Just damaged qualities in a person, like the damaged and, and damaging moments of your life. This is fodder for Facebook photo albums, I think. Did you like that alliteration? A-L-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-O-N? Uh, do you know? Do you, do, you, do you know about it? Do you? Do, do you know about it or do you not? Or do you not? Or do you? Or do you? Or do you not? Or do you not know about it? Or wait, do you? Or wait, do you? To do you? Do you? To do you? Or do you? Or do you not? Or wait, do you? Or do you? Or do you not? Baby, yeah, oh. I only, I said baby and then a word was coming out of my mouth and I'm like, that's going to kill it. That's going to kill whatever you're trying to do. You can't say baby. You suck. You know what, though? You know what, though? You know what the thing is, though? You know what the thing is, though? Is that I need to look at the camera. I forget that I'm videotaping myself and then I speak into the microphone. Like, that's what is, that's what's videotaping me. Need to live a better life. I need to think about what I'm doing on the earth. I need, I need, I need life. I need more light in my life. I need more light. I need, I need to be lit up. I need, I just need somebody to shine a light through the darkness. People just want you to be in a, in a dependent, embarrassing situation. I think, at least to some extent, you have to recognize that your friends, to some extent, just want to see you in a compromised position so that they can feel better about themselves. Like, it's not that the entire way, because they're your friends. But that's the way that British people would look at it, is they're entirely pessimistic. Or at least I heard Simon Cowell say that once, so that's British people. Is that, like, your friends... They're probably excited when something embarrassing happens to you, right? People just like when you have embarrassing things happen. More so than what they like in your Facebook photos. Like, what they like actually is not, like, what people actually enjoy and get excited about is being better in comparison to somebody else. That gives them a lot of power and energy. <laughs> if you're somebody who, if you're somebody who likes competitive advantage... Like, if it's people given over to competition, so yeah, not everybody. Like, if you're liberal, you're a good person, so you probably, you quote-unquote wouldn't see it that way. If you're on the left, you're very generous, and you're so busy spreading your peace and kindness across the earth that you don't even have time to think, think that somebody around you is unlikable or that a bad deed is happening. There's just so much generosity and kindness that comes out of it liberals that they would never they would never want bad for you they only want good for everybody even though the bad that they want for you just comes across in a more un indiscernible way where they're just like the kind of fake that a liberal is i'd say is much worse than the kind of fake that a conservative is and um because because that's just not true like Liberals want to be accepted just as much as anybody that they, I, I don't know. Oh, maybe there really are good people. Maybe there really are good people on the earth. Maybe dogs really do love us, you know, but I'm just not one of those good people. Like I have too many, not that I have too many that I'm too many things that I'm not that with that I speak myself through not being good and but, like, not being good, this is something that some people, like, this is something I'm protecting against. It's probably why I would need to think that I had to cover the area. Oh, am I a creep? Am I not good? Am I doing wrong in these areas? These are things I need to explore to the point that they would, 
be communicated from me because I need to be good. Like people who need to be good, there's something about like, if you need to be good, this is like worse than being good. Actually, like you need to be good. Do you need to be a good person? Does anybody need to be? This is something I'm, this is something I'm just wondering aloud about right now. Do people need to be a good person? And then how is, is that detrimental to your character that you would think that you need to be one rather than that you actually are? Is needing to be one what makes you a good person? Because there would be people that don't need to be one. You need to be one, then you're saying that you aren't one now. Or like, but it's just that I think that this is good person behavior, needing to be one because you think that you're always not. Like people that go into the Christian church end up thinking that they're never a good person, even though they're supposed to be defined by being the best people or being the most godly, the most Christ-like. Like you're supposed to be a good person. Like you are the best person at the point that you accept Christ because you've done the best or like you are the one sacrificing to be more like God. But yet Christians always think that they are Christians are consumed by guilt and unforgiveness even though they even though they're supposed to be the most forgiven they are the like they act the least forgiven like they think that they're not good people they think that at, at least like the more more evangelical it gets like if you're a real i'm saying if you're a real christian not if you're a not if you're just a new generation christian <laughs> there's no such thing i think that that's just a myth God called on the 40,000 new generation Christians and none of them called back to his number. If God had a phone number, what would it be? <laughs> Do you ever ask yourself that in life? Do you know that Christ is still the Christ of Christmas and he's still Emmanuel? Were you aware? I don't stand by that. I don't stand by that. He's still the Christ of Christmas and he's still Emmanuel. Were you aware that Christ is the Christ of Christmas? The Christmas that you're talking about. This is not possible without Christ because the Christ that you spell Christmas with the Christ of that Christmas is Jesus Christ, and the Christ of that Christmas is still the Christ of that Christmas. Who is he? Who's Christ? Who's Wait, who's Christ? That's the thing, though. That's what I always forget. It's like people are, people are always bringing up Christ, and I'm like, who is Christ? I forget. Who are you talking about? Wait, Christ? I haven't heard that before. I always never hear about Christ. I never hear about that. And it's just that like, um, when I'm in church, I don't know who the hell to worship when I'm in there. That's the thing. I go to church and like, I'm always like, whenever I'm in a church, I don't have a problem with churches. It's just that whenever I'm in a church, there's just... It's like beautifully, ornately decorated uh, stained glass windows. I'm like, oh, it's very beautiful. It's very ornate. It looks like some sort of homage was paid to somebody. Um, I wish that there was somebody that I could worship while I was in here. That's what I'm always thinking. And um, it's too bad. It's too bad that there's... I just wish that there was somebody. There never seems to be anybody to worship when you're in a church. It's like... There is, you would think that there would be, um, but when I'm in church, it's just like that. I don't know if I'm supposed to kneel before Christ or Harriet the spy. That's what always, conf that always confounds me. That's just a riddle. I can't, it's just, I can't inner, I can't disperse the two of those. I can't divine between the two. I just, there's, I'm so clouded between are you talking about Christ or are you talking about Harriet the Spy? It's the same. Th I I can't I can't parse it out. It's like the three in one. It's like Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, um, God the Father. 
it's just like how do you how would you feasibly separate those i don't know um but but don't give yourself any credit today oh i went i went 40 whole minutes i went 40 minutes talking about my sad behavior it's just like I'm not I'm not very sad. I think that I like to explore it to make sure that I'm being a good person. I think that I I think that I spend a lot of time in this defensive position where I'm like I am bad in these areas because I need to make sure that I come across as good. Like I need to make sure that I'm being good so I have to cover bad so that I know that but this is just not the this is not what you do to pursue being good. I don't know what what is good. Do you like needing to be good do let me think if i need to be good do i need to be good i think that i play this out like i need to be and so i will take all the precautions and measures necessary necessity need i'll take all the measures necessary i will like if if it becomes a matter of necessity good for you it's good but this is kind of an american thing like this is an American thing. I'm not reading something, by the way. I'm not reading anything in front of me. I'm just looking at the microphone. Because I forget... There's a secret. It's because I forget that... Um, I'm supposed to look at the video camera. Do you always remember to look at the video camera? Especially when you're not being videotaped? I always make it a point to look at some camera somewhere just to think about that I'm being videotaped or think, imagine that I am at all times because it's better to live your life thinking that everybody's looking at you. It's true. They That's what they teach in psychology. I'm just kidding. That's what they teach in psychiatry school and psychiatry classes. The psychology doctors that's what they teach in science school what they teach in science school is um the need to make yourself more authoritative what they teach in science school is media science relations 101 media science equations how is science the same as the media this is what will be important for you as a scientist going forward is recognizing that you have the authority to be a scientist and that when you say I am a scientist that this means that you know about science you know about facts the same way that journalists do you're you're gonna want to know the way that scientist is the same as journalist in order to fully make good on your abilities as a scientist because uh current nomenclature current ideologies dictate that media is the same as science this is what the media has decided but science couldn't stand up for itself enough to say that no we stand alone we are we are over our facts the media is like no we get your facts because we have everything that's factual we are the authority on facts and so unfortunately science by a by property lines through legal measures by legality you are ours now science couldn't stand up for itself science probably needs some friends anyway they're like oh, okay yeah the media is sticking up for us and they're they like authority so they're like us so i mean it might as well as merger happens at some point i wonder what the i wonder what the uh merger i i wonder what the merging moment was for that it was probably just something that anna kasparian said I uh, probably probably is probably something she said. That's probably true. Don't ask her about it. Don't ask her anything. Don't ask her because she doesn't know. Don't ask her because she doesn't know about the moment. She doesn't know about it. I can't, it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to really motivate myself to recognize the non, just how not serious this is that I would just be able to have lots of fun with it. 
I just need to allow to be more funny, but I'm like, oh yeah, no, this is not the time to be funny. As if like I approach this like this is the time to be serious. That's what I'm telling you. When you get into theme, thinking you have to make good on a theme, this is just less human. To be a theme, to be a playwright in the delivery of yourself, it's just that performance is so pervasive and it's not just like Christian people that like theater and performance, although they although they do, because I would say there are a lot of needless productions. There's like a lot of needless programs that I've been involved in in my Christian experiences that like, what is the reason for these programs besides that this is a group of people that enjoys theater? Um, like... A, a Christian church, I mean, a congregation. Like, it's not just Christians. That's the entire of America. And that's, that like, that South Carolina pageant winner, loser, pageant loser. And the of America f for such as. That everybody makes fun of her to this day because it's so funny. That stands out so much. Um... That is that hilarious. Isn't that hilarious how hilarious a uh, hilarious thing can be that we remember the hilarity of it? Isn't that, and I'm conveying how hilarious it is. How hilarious is it? And it is not very hilarious to convey a hilarious moment because that is not hilarious for the receiver because the hilarity of it is more in, more in the experience or in like the hilarity of it. How am I supposed to capture hilarity that happened elsewhere? If it's truly hilarious... I'm not going to be able to convey it hilariously unless I'm very good at what I do. <laughs> unless, like, unless I'm good at what I did, and then I would be able to. But I'm just, like, not on top of things enough that this is just a free-flowing matter of speech entirely. But, like, the thematicness, you need to prevent th theme from happening in your life. I, it's probably a similar thing to need to be good you need to be good this will cause you to play out your life in all kinds of performancey things where you're trying to figure out what the other people want to see this leads to performance this is always performance like viewing the people around you like they're an audience it's just that um i don't really i don't do this anymore i wouldn't say nor, do, nor does anybody necessarily. I don't know that anybody does. I don't know that. I don't know who does. I don't. Uh, maybe nobody does anymore. Maybe it's just something to get past. That you would think that other people are. That you would think that other people are embarrassed. You would think other people are anxious. This is a fucked up way that things play out. This is a similar idea to I bring up that your friends are. Your friends like to see it when you fuck up. Like, because that's funny. You know, I don't, I don't mean it's like people are not your friend ever. It's just that it's funny. Um, and it's not funny in all circumstances, but like, um, oh fuck. What was I saying? Damn it. I had a, I had something interesting to say and then I fucking forgot. It's just, this is the same, similar thing to like embarrassment, embarrassing, embar like this plays out with people that, they they act like everybody's embarrassed or that everybody is inconfident. This is an assumption that's made from all these broadcasters that are conveying the broadcast of a sporting event as if all of the players are need to be confident. They're making the assumption that they are inconfident, basically to start every game. Like, there's this assumption that's come out that everybody in the country is not confident be and that they are lacking in confidence and they need to be that and then when they're not displaying it that they aren't confident like this is this is some weird obsession that people latched onto where they're like we need to see confidence in you or like the inconfident person it's it's sort of like uh trying to articulate embarrassment society-wide it's a similar thing like you might as well say that they're embarrassed to be who they are, to be in the situation. Because if you're missing every shot, 
you are embarrassed like because they're always saying you they need to see one shot go in in order to be confident and this is true this is why they bring it up so much because people who get in current modern day broadcasters for some reason have nothing to talk about and just keep spitting back out the same things that they've been broadcasting for the last 15 years the the trope of the inconfident point guard like this is all that they have to latch on to because most of these people are idiots. Um, they they will talk about it as if everybody else is inconfident. Uh, also, the pompousness of sports broadcasters, people that are telling NBA players in their prime what they should have done on the previous play, or broadcasters that are like, oh, that running back should have cut back through that way because there's a big hole. He missed it. When there's like a defender there, you're not the running back. You're not an NFL player in his prime. You don't know. Like That's completely absurd that you think that you would have done better in that situation. Like, oh, he should have done this. That is not your place. That has nothing to do with broadcasting. You are missing the point of your profession. You really, that's, you're in the booth, you're a broadcaster. You do not like, oh, he should have, players in the NBA finals that a, a broadcaster would be like, oh, they should have spun here and then cut to the basket. It was open. Like that they're saying that there's improvements that they could give to them. Like their advice is valuable to NBA players in their prime that are playing like who is in the nba finals in the year 2021 that's the only question you need to answer about who's doing right on the court in the nba finals obviously did i do i have a speech impediment did you did you mishear what i said am i repeating myself am i not coming through clearly broadcasters need to find better things to say Okay, um, okay, now I'm done with that. Now I'm done saying that. Don't be thematic. Don't make your life a theme. I'm a theme. Here's the theme. Here's the theme. What if you introduce yourself by saying, here's the theme? Because the theme is you. You don't need to put on a theme. The theme is you. You're the theme. You generate the theme. The energy that you are is this is this indescribable theme that's like it will it is all it's so easily a theme. That's what I'm saying. You are so easily a theme already that anybody would spend but I don't know audience. I don't know audience if you're trying to be a theme like I don't want to preach to you. I'm not preaching to you. You're not being thematic. You're not, you're not, I mean, I think you're living great lives. I think that is great. I think everybody's doing great. I think it's wonderful. Um, I just have a lot of joy. I just have a lot of, a lot, have a lot of enthusiasm. I'm just very positive. It's just overflowing, effervescent source of joy and um, body positivity. Did any of that bring you joy? This is not a question that needs to be asked. Am I bringing joy? This is like, is my theme, am, 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 I, uh, am, I, am I joyful? Am I being joyful? Do people see joy in me? Don't be a, don't, don't, don't need to be good, you know? Don't make it so that you need to be good. Don't make it so that you need to be, don't make it so that you need to be good. I wish that people would change the way that they speak sentences because how long have we been speaking sentences the same way? People should just, an entire paragraph in like half a second, it could evolve to be that because people come up with different ways to communicate themselves. Um, needing to be good. I calculate that if I do these things, then I will be good. Based on my calculations, if I said these things here, then, then I am good, right? Is that need, is calculation more related to needing to be good? Then you might be like, this is what it takes. Like, the good things for this fall into this category. It's more calculating, maybe. I need to, I need to be good, so I'm going to do these things. Like, there's a set of rules. I need to I need to meet the criteria. I need to do this, and then I'll be good. Like, as if you're going to arrive there. You're never going to arrive at good. Is there anything that you are ever going to arrive at? Like, by that I mean... 
are there answers? Is there an answer? Because the kind of thing I'm saying is, like, my mentality is that there aren't any answers. If you think that there is one, then you are giving too much credit to some arbitrary thing that you could be defined by. If you think that there is one, if you think that there's an answer, what is so great about that thing that you think that there's an answer, that that is the answer? This is the answer. What's, what's the answer? You have it? You found it? This is the answer. I don't think that there are answers, but answer as a answer objectively, this is the answer. The answer is answer as an idea because answer knows answer is a thing this is an idea the answer what is the answer the ant word that's who the answer is the, that's who the answer is um what are the names ninja ninja from the ant word the ant word is a south african hip-hop actually rap but i wouldn't want to call them hip-hop i'm afraid of them anybody would be Look at what they're doing. I'm terrified. I don't know. It would be scary to meet them. I'd be scared. I think that they would have. They would meet things I did only with criticism. I'm scared of Word, but you should be. But that's what they want out of you. They're probably not scary. That's just part of their thing. But it's to the point that what they do is almost like not even a shtick because they're South African and they don't give a fuck. Word means the answer in whatever dialect that they use in South Africa. Um, well, I hope that that helped you out. Answer it objectively. Answer by itself. This is the answer. And so how do you get... Every answer is a manifestation of answer objectively because the word would encapsulate every instance of answering. Anything that wasn't an answer. Answers are temporary. Answers are temporary. The same way that God's plural or temporary god this describes the god the answer this is subjective this is absolute gods these are not absolute these are these are different um perceptions like different gods are different things i think that gods are people i think people are gods people are gods but the bible would corroborate that because it says people are made in the likeness of god this would explain that people are gods with an s they're gods. People are gods. They're just not God, according to the Bible. But it's like, um, God, that you would say that there's God is the same thing as you saying that there's an answer, that there's God by itself. This speaks to absolutism the same way that answer by itself is absolute, but answers, these are all relative to each other. There are relative answers that play themselves out in temporary instances. The duration of time that they play out over dictates how relatively more or less they are answers. Like if something lasts longer as something that you can say is the answer, like if you, f you find things to be the answer temporarily, it's just some things last a long time. And then, um, this is an answer that lasts longer than others is relatively closer to objectively what the answer is an answer that lasts longer is closer to whatever the actual answer is. If you would if you would agree with me that an answer should be something that satisfies you over a period of time rather than that it does not satisfy you or is relatively more flimsy that it falls apart immediately. Like an answer that is just a point in time. An answer an answer what are you well it depends on what you're asking. What is your answer? But so many answers for answer is what answers anything that anybody could ever ask this is like a um this is like the completion of a question answer this is like a these things exist dually they have this in they have this relationship it's almost either inverse where they are correlated to each other always answers and questions like answer is the counterpart to questions it's like the opposite of it like uh answer because for every question, the answer describes what is the res what meets every single question possible. And so every there's so many questions you could ask in so many different realms across different religions or uh, genres of art. Like you can ask questions that are related to music, but question you can ask questions that are just related to Meineke car care. And um, 
quest questions there and so there are are there answers for all questions is there always an answer to the question to every dumb question you'd come up with yeah there would be conceivably if conceivably the question exists at the point that you ask it like if it, like hypothetically if somebody's asking some non some question that right now doesn't exist hypothetically that question exists hypothetically the answer does too because the answer can very easily just be like no yes or i'm i'm not listening or who knows like who knows is an answer you know of course an answer is almost easier than the question a question is more unique maybe hmm question may be more unique than an answer just objectively questions versus answers what is more um what is more unique Is a question more difficult? What's more difficult? What's, what's more different? What's more different between a question and an answer? Let me, th let me hash this out as we close here today. As we close. And wherever you are, just bow your head and close your eyes as we think about what I'm saying. I'm just kidding. I'm being irreverent. Some people might call it blasphemy. Have you heard this term? Are you wary of the blasphemous among us? Are you are you playing out your blasphemous desires, you pervert? Are you are you exercising your blasphemous demons? Like maybe you have too much blasphemy built up within you and you need to you need to speak some of it out. You need to exhaust the blasphemy. There might be too much blasphemy, you need to get rid of it. Say blasphemous things in public where everybody can hear it. Whatever if you're like in a church, stand up and yell Christ didn't die for anyone, or um, something along those lines. Just something blasphemous. But only if you're in a church. Um, I was talking about questions versus answers. Very famously, I was talking about this. Very infamously, when I brought up whether a question was more different from an answer... This transpired very memorably a few minutes ago for everybody involved. Everybody thought about it and then remembered it completely for the rest of as long as it was important to remember anything. And that was evident, and people knew, people knew that it famously happened, that I said those things, that they knew that, well, clearly these are things that we're not going to pass up on, and that when it gets brought up later, we will agree I'm just being gross now. I'm just being yucky. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just being unattractive in this moment. I feel, un even if you don't think I am, I'm feeling unattractive about what I'm saying because I'm not getting to the heart. I'm just leading you on. I'm not telling you whether a question is more different from an answer. Is a question more different from an answer? No. So what's the answer? Is a question more different from an answer? Is a question more different from an answer what's the answer so the answer decides that's weird the answer decides the answer decides whether a question but it doesn't have to be in a question form but it's like everything that maybe is a fact you could just put into question form dinosaurs roamed the earth well let's say like george washington crossed the delaware this is a fact, so to speak. And then you could be like, did George Washington cross the Delaware? Because you can also ask the question, because maybe it's not totally accurate, seeing as that now we're just questioning every narrative that's ever been given to us to the point that we're like, oh, what, what are they spinning in history class? Are they just bullshitting us? So now at this point, you can ask, you can make a question out of any, you can make a question out of anything that we were like, oh, that's totally factual. Did George Washington cross the Delaware? Uh, yeah. He totally did. He didn't drown. Did George Washington drown? George Washington actually drowned in the Delaware. This is my conspiracy theory. George Washington drowned in the Delaware. And they painted him as crossing it because they wanted the folks in colonial times to think that the war was going well. Because they would start to presume that the war was going badly if George Washington drowned in the Delaware. 
this might be a hint that the Revolutionary War might not be panning out. At the point that George Washington drowns in, a Delo in the Delaware, this would be detrimental to the messages messages coming out of the Revolutionary War effort the, in, in the name of uh, furthering, propagating the importance of America. That would be difficult to live down. Like, oh wait, he drowned in the Delaware? What would that What would that mean for us today? What if he wasn't that what if he didn't play that much of a role in the in the thing? He was just a figurehead, like the way that the president is now. He actually George Washington wasn't it was the people behind the scenes. Like it was conspiracy, it was globalists running the world that crossed the Delaware actually. It wasn't J. It wasn't G. Wash. It was conspiracy theorists. That boat was full of people, full of men in black, people, full of people in black suits, uh, men in blacks, men's in black, men in no men in black. That boat was just full of men in black suits, and they crossed it just for namesake purposes, just for appearance, just for a photo op. George Washington didn't cross a fucking the Delaware River. And everybody, anybody who has looked into it or done any research knows that that boat was actually just full of globalists that wanted to make it look like good in front of France that things were going, uh, things were on the up and up. Is question the answer to question? Can a question be an answer? Yes, it can because you can answer with a question. It's too difficult and complicated to sort out right now. So for another day and another time, I will sort out the answer to whether a question is different from an answer. But like, let me, let me think about difference. What one, what one would I guess is more different? Questions are more different because they can be, you can pose them randomly, you can say anything. They can come from anywhere. If you're interviewing somebody, you can literally ask any random ass question. And their answer will be similar in most cases. Like, answers would be on a distribution, probability distribution, you would have, like, similar answers near the middle, like, that frequently came up most of the time. Like, you would also have similar questions. It's just that, well, it depends on the person posing the thing. Some people have the, some people have the perspective of that they're more questioning, and then they are able to, they would produce more random questions. People who are more question, there are people that are questioning, I would say, and people who are answering. People that are more questioning, maybe, but, and then it speaks to, I, I don't know, maybe they're equally different. I would say that a question is more different from an answer, and that's my answer. And that's my answer. Oh, but, that's my, my answer is that, but, that is the question. I asked the question. My answer is that a question is more different from an answer that answer is not necessarily different. That is just one of them. Um, you're welcome. Feel free to tune back in. I'm here. I'm here uh, for the hour that I'm here whenever that happens and whenever that gets uploaded. I will have a guest soon enough. I want to transition, have more guests so that, so that I feel uh, positive in life. Because that's something I want to do. Talk to you all later on, good folks of the program.